Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Baby, what a beautiful, beautiful day it is today. Welcome. It is Don't At Me. I am Daniel J. Dockage. It is a beautiful Tuesday here in the great state of Indiana. We got Trey Wallace coming up. NIL stuff has been revised. Penalties, maybe. We'll talk to Trey Wallace, the fantastic SEC college football, college basketball, you name it, columnist for OutKick because he just wrote an article about the revised NIL stuff. But I got a new sport for you, and I want to know what you think. All right, here's some video. Some clowns went into a Best Buy the other day, and this is making the rounds. You probably have seen it. But some clowns go into a Best Buy, and they want to steal some stuff. So you see in the background, here they come. The Best Buy boys in blue, baby. That's right. They ain't messing around here. The Best Buy boys in blue are going to come in here and they're going to surround them and they're going to get them. They're not, they're in a stance. They're moving their feet. They're down low. Hands are above their elbows. They are ready to have a scrap. This is a new sport. What do you call it? I call kicking chicken blank looters ass. That's what I call it. Or K C L. A, it's the KCLA, the kicking chicken blank looters ace. Yes, that's what we call this sport. I think we should do it everywhere. Like, I think every store should have one of those metal detectors. So you know that somebody coming in with uh, your store comes in without a gun or a knife. And then it's on. Because we've seen so many times, you know, the big old ladies coming in, stealing stuff, the dudes. People just think you can come in. My wife works at Athleta. You're not allowed to stop anybody because you'll be described as racist. So somebody comes in, they want to, and people do. I think doors ought to close. You ever see, you ever see the movie A Bronx Tale? Now you can't leave. When the motorcycle gang comes into the neighborhood bar and Sonny closes the door and the fellas come in from the back and they beat the living dog out of people don't know this, but I am an American hero. That's right. I've been involved in this. Faneuil Hall, Boston. I don't know. Whatever weekend Coach Knight was put in the uh, National Basketball Hall of Fame, some guy was leaving with some stuff and I grabbed him. Knocked him. That's right. You're looking at an American hero right here. Yeah. I'm all for it, but we got to make sure they don't have guns. I mean, some clothes isn't worth dying over. But I love the fact these dudes got in the stance. You know how much fun those Best Buy guys had? I mean, think about it. You know how much fun? Here comes some little dipstick guys in there, right? And anybody that's looting can't do nothing. I mean, wouldn't it be great some big old dude, some big fat guy comes in and you just lay him out? Oh, yeah. 
Some scrawny guy comes in, he wants to take the phones, you just lay them out on the... And I think Best Buys, well, maybe not. Aren't their floors concrete or am I thinking of Lowe's? I don't know. But I think it'd be a great, great freaking game. And then you get, you know, you get drones in there, you got the security cameras, you have somebody back there as a director going from side to side, seeing what you could do. I think it'd be absolutely off the chain, yo. Uh, this next story isn't even a story. What, what is wrong with ESPN? What is wrong with our world? Uh, Russell Wilson, what's, what's his wife's name, Sierra? Why is them getting a dog named Bronco on the front page of ESPN's deal? What, what is this? <laughs> That's a great... Oh, man. Ryan is working God, today, ladies and gentlemen. Who the hell this... cares? <laughs> cares? Who cares? Who the hell cares? I'm looking at stuff, and I'm like, this is what we got. Huh? Bronco. Oh, my God. Hey, did you know Sierra took a dump? She did. And Russell was right there. He was. Did you know that Russell uh, today was wearing Tommy Bahama? And they got a cat. Yeah, he did. They got a cat. And that cat's name is Fluffers. That's the, what is wrong with this? Thank God I'm here. That's all I got to say. Thank God Double D is here. What in the Sam and Henry are we doing? This is news, people. And I'm actually talking about it, but I know it's not Wednesday, but I saw it. Did you know Sierra and Russell Wilson got a cat? Oh, my God, you're kidding me. Did you know they got a dog and they named it Bronco? I mean, I get it. Uh, Sierra, uh, Russell Wilson, nice guy. Sierra shows side boob. I get it. We all lose our mind. It's a big deal. I mean, look, I don't even know. I'm the worst. I, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. I don't know Sierra. I knew Tim Sierra when I grew up. I knew Mrs. Sierra. Hell, Mrs. Sierra was my wife, my, my mother's friend. And one time we went to an amusement park and Mrs. Sierra's mother... Tim Sierra's grandmother was in the back talking about hitting us with a switch. Y'all know what a switch is? Old school. Take a branch off a tree and whip your kids with it. She was talking about that if we acted up. It's the only Sierra I know. What are we doing in this world? What in the hell is going on here? Will you answer me that? I got my top five post-draft NFL teams coming up. You don't want to miss it because it's going to piss you off. And to you local yokels here in Indianapolis, no, I don't include Indianapolis. I don't include the Colts. Child, please. Child, please. But anyway, the new NCAA guidelines are out, and, and basically what they're saying is this, come sue us, which is fine. I don't care. I mean, look, I like it. I said this yesterday. Uh, Gene Smith talked about these guidelines were probably going to come out. They were expedited, a special edition of the subcommittee on cheating, whatever the hell it is, uh, is out, and they wanted... They wanted this. They wanted to say, look, we're going to penalize you for inducing players to come to your school with a third party. We told you the rules. We put the rules in. You can't follow the rules. So now we're trying to get the train back on the tracks. 
And I don't blame them. Now, everybody's critical of it, right? I mean, every little slap in the media is critical of it. But is do we not live in a society that at least a little bit can follow a rule? Like, we already have talked about the guys at Best Buy getting in a stance and making damn sure nobody gets away with phones and having a blast knocking the hell out of some little chicken blank looters. We already talked about that, so those people can't follow the rules. Now we're talking about coaches. These men of integrity. It's game week. I'm wearing my suit. We talk about honor and country and dignity. We talk about finishing. What was the one thing one year everybody had 2002 degrees? Because that's when water boils or something. Hell, I don't know. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know what all that means. But can we not get back to just look, hey, dudes, if you're going to act like you are a coach that teaches young men how to be men, the greatest time of my life is when a former player invites me to their wedding. And you know what they do in the SEC and other places? They talk about how much money you gave them. They laugh about all the cheating that went on. That's what happens in locker rooms. True story. You get in an NBA, uh, uh, NFL locker room, and that's what they talk about. Hey, man, what'd they offer you? Hey, man, what'd you get? They do it in college locker rooms, too. I mean, who are you crapping? These men of integrity can't follow a simple rule. Hey, man, how about when your player gets there, uh, look, we're going to get him name, image, and likeness. But the money's so great, guys would say this. Hey, look, if I win, I can get another job. You know my motto here, people. I'm looking at you. That's right, you. All of you that listen to this show. All of you on the YouTube chat, all of you on Twitter, the 20,000 of you a day that view this, I'm looking right at you. And I say to you this, (laughs) you can get any job you want in your sport if you get fired for anything other than losing. Losing is like a scarlet letter. Cheating is like, all right, he cheated, but uh, what was his record? That's it. We all know this. So cheat your brains out. Win some games. Get caught. You got a bank account full of money. The school and the current players, you're already gone. Have to deal with it. That's how coaches think, right? I just gave you the blueprint. And if I ever go back into coaching, which I won't, but if I did, I'd probably do the same damn thing. Amen. I was always a stickler for the rules, much to my detriment. I mean, I was insane with them. I mean, crazy. Now I think, what for? Just win. There's nothing else to it than just winning. That is it. That is the only thing that matters. I don't care. We're not teaching anybody anything. The players that come into college now are businessmen. Their families, their parents, their agents, one of them's a thief. I mean, it's just what it is. Let's call it like it is, at least at the high major level. My stepdaughter goes to Harvard. She and her friends could care less about NIL. And that's probably 95% of college athletes, but we always cater to the, well, they're the best. Let the best go into the NBA immediately. Let them go into the NFL, see how that goes for them. See, the one thing that athletics in college have never understood, you got hand. Hey, man, we're giving you a three-year rule not to go to the NHNFL because it protects you. You want to go? I'd change the rule. Go. 
Otherwise, if you come to college, we ain't giving you nothing but a scholarship. Be interesting. And NIL money. We'll give you NIL money, but legit NIL money. NBA, you want to go to go to NBA? Go. What do we care? I mean, let's stop the facade. I mean, let's start protecting our universities. But I digress. I know I'm wrong. I know that 18 to 23-year-olds are our future. No, they're not. Not those guys. The 18 to 23-year-olds I walk around at, and, and look at Harvard are, Yale are. Hell, the business school, Kelly School of Business at Indiana, Cranet School of Business at Purdue, the engineering, those guys are our future. These guys playing athletics, they become vampires. Seriously. All they're trying to do, every one of them, damn near, that is at the high, 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 high major level. It's all they are is vampires. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I have thoughts on that. Every lottery winner does what? Goes broke, damn it. You think these guys are any different? Please. Please. The top 1% of athletes in this country playing college sports are vampires. They're sucking the blood out of the school. They're sucking the blood out of alumni. They're sucking the blood out of coaches' enthusiasm. That's what they are. The rest are there to get an education, be student athletes, uh, bring honor and dignity to their schools, their families, and they do. I'm sorry. If you got a chance, hire an athlete. It's, not, it's a no-brainer. What can I tell you? This is unbelievable. Joe Biden's been in, our pub, in public office for 50 years. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. For 50 years, this guy has sucked off the public. Hell, teeth. Obama. Hell, Obama. Said nothing. Said nothing. Obama. Obama never, ever said a thing. But the worst of them was George W. Bush, whatever the hell his middle initial was. The best thing that dude did was throw out a first pitch. But I'm telling you, it started with Clinton, or it started, actually, George Bush Sr. wasn't horrible with it. But the Bush family cares about their family. The Clinton family, those dirtbags, they care about themselves. Bill cares about who he can stoop. Hillary cares about whatever the hell stupid stuff she could say. And then you got Obama, who actually the liberal media made fun of for doing absolutely nothing in office. Zero. Now, you can argue with me. You can do whatever. But hell, even 30 Rock made fun uh, that one time that uh, uh, Obama talked to that one guy. Hope and change. We go low, they go high, whatever the hell it is. It's all talk. And then Trump comes along, and he's a clown, right? He's a pig. Everybody doesn't like the way he is, but at least he talks straight to you. But all these folks, every one of them, just want to protect one family, their own. So now we got this guy. Now we got this guy in office, Biden. Let's play Biden's talk. Hold on. Anytime a politician gets in trouble, and this guy has been a catastrophe. And when I say catastrophe, I mean name something that this guy has done that's been positive other than <laughs> somehow, some way, continue the support of the most left-leaning idiots in this country. This guy, and I'm not even a Republican, this guy is horse bleep. But whenever somebody's horse bleep, the career politician always goes to the family. If it was Bill Clinton, I mean, Bush was an idiot. Bush was like, Jesus, this is our president. And Obama was, well, a big, Obama was like the guy that you know that's always trying to have what he says quoted on the side of a building. I didn't mean nothing. He didn't do nothing. 
And now this clown's been in public office 50 years. The Bushes have been around longer. The Clintons jumped in the public in the public eye in the 80s. We're still listening to that freaking uh, Hillary Clinton and that idiot Bill. Hell, that dude, how is this possible? How is it possible that Jeffrey Epstein in this women trafficking deal, and only one person's been charged, that freaking Maxwell lady, nobody else has been charged. Hell, you go into a 7-Eleven and investigate $10 stolen, 15 people get charged. But in the biggest sex trafficking, most notoriety of a sex trafficking case, with all these people, only one person been charged. I'll tell you why. These people, the Clintons and others, protect their own damn family. Romney, protect my family. Bush, protect my family. Trump, protect my family. Clinton, protect my family. All right, now Biden. 50 years of this clown, 50. When they get in trouble, they go to the family. Let's play this this goof. The bottom line is this. My top priority is fighting inflation and lowering prices for families and things they need. Today's announcement is going to give millions of families a little more, a little more breathing room to help them pay their bills. Nope, to Pay the bills. Yeah, okay, that's our president. 81 million votes. There's not a chance in hell. I don't give a damn what you tell me about, well, it's a conspiracy theory. Has anybody noticed that these conspiracy theories keep coming out to be true? That's what politicians do, career politicians. When they get a little hook in their mouth and they got a little problem, we talk about the family. This is going to be a hard, hard winter. Remember this one? Oh, the American family, when you sit around the table. That's what these idiots do, and we buy it. And I'm telling you right now, you folks that are staunch Republicans, that think you're going to rout the liberals in the freaking midterms, be careful. Be careful. You've already seen it. COVID's coming back. We're bracing. Really? No kidding, huh? All right. We're going to fight inflation. Watch if gas prices somehow, some way go down 10 cents. Watch what happens. You're going to see it. You're going to see, oh, we're lowering gas prices. There, never on the underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to do what? F stuff up. Only the most staunch idiots can sit there and defend anything this guy has done. He's brought civility back to the White House. I don't give a rat's ass about civility. You know what I give a rat's ass about? The stock market, gas prices, and I never, ever want to hear the word inflation. Guess what we got? A stock market that's taken the dump on all of us, the word inflation dominating the news, and gas prices through the roof. Just like 1978-79, when that great Democratic leader, Jimmy Carter, held office, and gas prices in my world went from like 30 cents to 90 cents in two minutes, the word inflation was introduced And the Dockage family could no longer every other week get McDonald's on payday when my parents, both teachers, 
got paid. And I'm sure it was about that time that Corn Pop was dealing with that clown that is named Joe Biden. 50 years. How we don't have term limits, how we've allowed this in our country, I will never, ever know. Never, ever know. And if you're still defending this guy, then I got one word for you, idiot. Idiot. Dumbest of the dumb. Can't be dumber. Too stupid to exist. Uh, have I explained myself? If you're, still, if you're still that whacked out that you are defending this and this regime, I cannot help you. There is nobody that can help you. Now, that's a pretty good tangent I just went on. I will continue. This surprised me. You know how the other day, you know how the other day, uh, I think it was Chris Paul, the NBA said, hey, look, look, uh, it was an unwanted hug. Clay said it best. How soft is this getting? An unwanted hug. And now we got like a civil suit. Chris Paul wants to beat up a 15-year-old kid. God bless him. God bless him. All right, fine. You want to beat up a 15-year-old kid for an unwanted hug? Oh, my God. All right. But I was shocked when I read this. I was stunned when I saw that they don't have a special section for families at NBA games. Now, I was stunned by that. I don't understand how you couldn't. You know, you always know the wives section in Major League Baseball because they got gaudy jewelry and gaudy purses. I mean, you, I'm seriously tried. Go behind home plate, Wrigley Field, and you can check out the wives section. Now, they do try to keep the wives and the girlfriends separate because that can be an issue when the same guy has both. But I can't believe, and Monty Williams said this, I'm stunned by this. I'm absolutely stunned that they don't have a family section in the NBA. That seems ridiculous to me. NBA folks are nuts. I mean, you're right there on the court, particularly where families sit. There's an intensity to crowds in the NBA playoffs. That's not good. You got to get that fixed. I was a little bit shocked by that. And I think Monty Williams is absolutely right. I, I do. I think you're absolutely right. Oh, we got news. We got Tom Brady news. Tom Brady will join Fox Sports as lead NFL analyst when his career ends. Talk about a guy that don't want to be home, Dylan. <laughs> Talk about a dude that don't, hey, what was he home for a week? And the next thing you know, hey, man, telling you, I don't care how hot your husband is or I don't care how hot your wife is. You just, you know, you get tired. I didn't get divorced when I was working from 6 in the morning till 10 at night as a college basketball coach. I got divorced once I was working 10 to 1 doing the midday show on uh, the local TV here. And then I started working for ESPN. I was gone a little bit, but not enough. Tom Brady, good for him. Yeah. Somebody will complain. They'll call that an ist. Is there a Rooney rule for hiring for Fox? <laughs> oh, man. It's awesome. It is absolutely awesome. How about we send another, what, is, what are we saying here on the YouTube chat? Uh, how about we send another $500 million, $40 billion to the Ukraine? Yeah. Yeah. Don't help your own people here. Let's send $40 billion to Ukraine. Well, it's humanitarian. Yeah, okay. Some, yeah, whatever. 
All right, last night, you don't mess. Uh Uh-uh. You don't mess with Al Horford. There is nobody that is a bigger Al Horford fan than me. You do not mess with Al Horford. Al Horford last night at 35 years old had his career playoff high. Al Horford won two national championships at Florida. Al Horford, I went and watched his last workout. No, uh, Green, who was it? Green, who was the guy? Brewer, uh, Horford, and Joakim Noah. Their last workout, it was in the spring after they had won their second national championship. I was on the fired coaches tour, so I went down. Billy D invited me down. I went to go see Urban, actually stayed at Urban's place. Drove his car around. The Pouncey saw his car. It was pretty funny. When they saw Urban's car driving down the middle of campus, man, the Pouncey brothers straightened up pretty quick. It was really kind of funny. And then I looked out the window and laughed. But anyway, um, I've always been a fan of Al Horford. Huge fan. Al Horford, to me, is a pro's pro. Winner among winner, I mean a winner. I remember seeing him at the Nike camp in high school thinking, man, he's got a funny shot. Why is this guy so highly rated? Then the more I watch him, the more I'm like, wow, he's pretty good. So last night, he drops a cool 30, career high. After the Greek freak dunks on him and talks to him, you don't pull on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off the old Long Ranger, and you don't mess around with Al. Al Horford legitimately, my dog is kind of, come, she's licking my crotch again. And, hey. uh, anyway, Lula, baby. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to have a Jeffrey Tubin moment here, Lula. Get out of there. <laughs> anyway, uh, man, uh, here's the deal. Al Horford, you don't mess with. You don't mess with pros, pros. All these little NBA guys that think there's something. John Morant walks in with his hood on. He th- No, no, no. Al Horford's the real deal. You guys are trying to be the real deal. Al Horford's the real deal. He's my favorite NBA player. And Al Horford last night, he gets dunked on by Giannis. Next thing you know, Giannis is talking to him. Next thing Giannis knows, Al Horford's losing his mind, kicking his ass, dunking on him, knocking him down, yelling at the crowd, which you never see out of Al Horford. It was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. Give me some Al Horford. Give me more Al Horford. That's right. That's right. All right. Next, uh, the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Weird game, right? Steve Kerr out. John Morant out. Mike Brown in. This was trad. This was a tragedy, man. Adrian Payne, one of my favorite players to cover. When Tariko and I were doing the Big Ten, he and Draymond Green were college roommates, best friends. Adrian Payne got shot and killed in Orlando. Details still coming. It's just horrible. Always a smile. Just a great dude, man. Just I, I, I liked him and Draymond. Draymond was always my go-to interview. If I need an interview, Draymond Green. Adrian Payne not far behind. He gets shot and killed. So, so Draymond's dealing with that. Lula, baby. Uh, Draymond's dealing with that. It's, it's, you know, they get down late, third, uh, fourth quarter, down 13, and next thing you know, the Warriors do what the Warriors do. If you're betting against the Warriors, God bless you. God bless you. But eight free throws in the last minute by Steph Curry, like, how smart are they? Like, most NBA teams are just stupid. The coaches kind of half-ass, eh, but the Warriors are different. The Warriors are just smart. How are they smart? They get the ball to the guy. They get the ball to the right guy. They get the ball to Steph Curry. He makes all the free throws. Is there anybody in this country or maybe in the world, I would say in the world, that you want at the free throw line in the last minute to make free throws more than Steph Curry? I do not think so. And he did it again last night. 
And I am not surprised. I'm not. I'm not. There is no bestiality going on here. Lula is on the floor. So stop you guys on the YouTube chat for talking about bestiality. (laughs) I got my five top post-draft NFL teams. I would like to see your top five post-draft NFL teams. I'm going to give you a hint. I don't love the number one team as much as you do or as much as ESPN does or OutKick does or anybody does. I don't like them nearly as much. But I do like these five post-draft teams. Let me see yours. I was going to just give you my phone number. I don't have a phone number here. Go to the YouTube chat. Put it on Twitter. I'm going to give you my five top NFL post-draft teams when we come back. You're on OutKick, baby. Freedom of speech lives here. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I love Al Horford. I do. I love Al Horford. What do you want me to tell you? You know what else I love? Elon Musk. $44 billion to take over. And there you see the tweet, ladies and gentlemen. The tweet comes in, and it's everything from, you know, we got a left-leaning, we got a right. Look at this. What does it say? Chocolate milk. Chocolate milk is insanely good. Just had some. Billionaires are people, too. Billionaires are people, too. Don't at me about it. I'm telling you right now. Just had... Well, wait a second. Chocolate milk is really good. Just had some. Yeah. He ain't wrong either. He ain't wrong. I think there was a time, uh, I think I did it. Maybe I, maybe somebody else did. I can't ever remember. Anyway, uh, chocolate milk is really good. It's like what you're supposed to drink after a workout. And if you're worth $40 billion, you can tweet whatever the hell you want to tweet. All right. There's no chance I stick to sports, Amp Harris. Not a chance in hell. No chance. Not a chance. No chance. Amp Harris, promoter. (laughs) Anyway, here's the deal. My top five post, post. Now, you got to think about the draft when you think about top five teams. You could do, though. What are all these little slaps doing basketball and football? The way too early top 25. Yeah, shut up. Just shut up. Uh, what is that? Taught in like some school? I give you, you got to wait. There are certain things you got to wait for. You got to wait for the draft in the NFL before you rate teams. I would have imagined last year after the draft when Trevor Lawrence went first, people were jumping up and down, standing on their head and crapping snowballs saying, wow, look at this. The Jags are going to be good. Anyway. 
All right, let's go. My number five team, and I don't even know why I'm putting them here. I'll give you two, le- two words for my number five team. My number five team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and those two words are Tom Brady. Tom Brady being back puts him in the top five. I would not bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got no Gronk, and let's be honest, man. Let's be totally honest. Um, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did okay in the draft. They got a couple of guys, but they haven't really improved their team. They haven't gone out and been like, wow. And let's also be honest. Tom Brady at some point is going to slow down. I understand he's got TB12 stuff. I understand he's got all this, you know, whatever it is. I understand that he is the man. Uh, but, but, you got to get to a certain age and it's got to slow you down. I mean, 45, 46, God bless him. His skin literally shines. Like, there, when he walks in a room, I'm sure the room lights up. They got a couple offensive linemen. They got a defensive tackle, Logan Hall. Uh, Gadecki, great, nice, fine. Running back from Arizona State. And I'm sure they're all good, but you got a new coach in here. You don't have Bruce Arians pushing it. I got him number five, and that's way too high. I should have the Cincinnati Bengals in there, but I'm tired of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I'm tired. I am tired of the Bengals talking about, we're out to prove that it wasn't a fluke. No. No, you never hear great teams say that. All you hear great teams say is, hey, man, we're getting ready to play again. That's it. That's all. I know the sense, I know Joe Burrow's the man. I get it. Uh, I get it. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, Joe Burrow and, this, and the Cincinnati Reds are doing too much talking about, we're going to prove. Shut up. Just shut up. And oh, by the way, it was good to see Tom Brady come out and say what we all knew, that the tuck rule was an absolute crime against humanity. All of humanity. Shouldn't have happened. Ridiculous call. Now he at least admits it. It's fine. No Bruce Arians. That's a big deal. I understand. I know the deal. I know, I know, I know. No Bruce Arians. A big deal. And I'll tell you why. Most NFL coaches are scared to death of players. Most NFL coaches don't want confrontation. They want to be perceived as the smartest guy in the room, a player's coach, yay rah, go fight win. But not Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians will push you, he'll prod you, he'll challenge you, and he gets results, with particularly the quarterback. I got him fifth. I don't like it, but they got Tom Brady, so I'm putting him fifth. Next one, the Chiefs. Look, the Chiefs, it's hard for me to put him fourth. It's hard for me to put him fourth because I want to put him first. I know there's no Tyreek Hill, but I want to put him first. Why? What was there, 13 seconds to go against the Bills and they tied it up, sent it to overtime and won the game? That's why. That's exactly why. Because you know what the Chiefs do? The Chiefs have it figured out. They've got their system figured out. They've got the best quarterback in the league. I understand a lot of you are saying, Josh Allen, good for you. Playoff game, AFC, give me Patrick Mahomes. You can have Josh Allen. You can have him. I'll take Patrick Mahomes today 
Tomorrow, the next day, I will. I'll take uh, George Karloftis, first-round draft choice, out of the Ryan Grigson-led Purdue Boilermakers. Karloftis is a bad man. Karloftis is a tough man. Karloftis is not here to mess around. I like Karloftis. They, they still have Travis Kelsey or my lot of my mind. A name you want, Sky Moore. Everybody and their mother. When they came on my Indianapolis show and said the Colts need a wide receiver, Sky Moore is the guy. All right. Colts end up taking Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. They move back. Everybody says great value. Fine. But Sky Moore fits in perfectly with what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing. Now, I'm not talking about off-field issues here. I'm talking about play. Tyreek Hill was a gamer. Tyreek Hill was a bad man in crunch time for the Chiefs, and that, my friends, will be missed. Big time. Humongous time. However, I'm not just going to all of a sudden say, boom, they're done without Tyreek Hill. Kelsey's still there. Mahomes is still there. I like him. Karloftis is going to help that defense, which is a sieve. Daniel Sorensen is gone. That helps as well. Just telling you, I got the Chiefs number four, and it hurts my soul to only pick them number four because the number three team is the Buffalo Bills. Now, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I think Josh Allen is really good. But if I were going to pick quarterbacks, you're going to ask me. I'm taking Mahomes over Allen. However, if you're going to ask me in terms of total team, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. That doesn't mean that the Kansas City Chiefs aren't any good. doesn't mean that. What it means is the Buffalo Bills added Von Miller, who, oh, by the way, still seems like, seems like he's got it going on. Seems like he can continue to play really well. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong, but I know this. The Buffalo Bills think that Von Miller can play, and they are paid, their their executives and their coach McDermott, they are paid a lot of money to know, to not think, to know Von Miller can play. Yes, that's what I said. They're paid to know. This is the difference between fans and administrators. Like, we all think we know, all right? And people always say, well, if you know so much, why aren't you in the front office? If you know so much, why aren't you coaching? Because I'm not stupid. Who the hell wants to coach? Who the hell wants to be? I'll be in the front office. That's fine. If the Pacers want to pay me $100,000 for a summer, uh, I'll have freaking whatever his name is, Turner. I'll have Miles Turner on the block, and he'll be the best postman in the NBA. That I'll do. But who the hell wants to be around players? Not I. But anyway, the difference is fans, we think we know. Media, we think we know. These dudes are paid to absolutely know. So before you give me that nonsense and you say, well, Von Miller's done. A lot of money put into him by a lot of guys that are being paid a lot of money. All right, let's go through their draft. Their draft, eh. I will say this, their sixth, fifth round pick, Khalil Shakur, clip this off. My friend Rick Venturi, 35-year defensive coordinator in the NFL, when the Bills drafted Shakur, 
He told me, I love that pick. Kid out of Boise State. And if Rick Venturi loves that pick, what has two thumbs and loves that pick? This guy. That's right. This guy loves the pick. If Rick loves it, I love it. Oh, by the way, they picked a punter with the first pick in the sixth round. I ain't mad at that either. Pat McAfee taught me a lesson. Ah, geez. I said to McAfee one time, hey, you guys don't have any playmakers on the Colts. He said, I'm a playmaker. I go, you're a punter. You know what he said? Name another position that flips the field 60 to 80 yards every possession. I thought to myself, you know what? You're right. So taking a punter or taking a kicker, I'm always on board with. I am. They changed the field. Lula needs a little love. Anyway, uh, Elam as a corner, good pick. You always need corners. Cook as a running back, eh. Inside linebacker, Bernard, eh. But I'm sure we like the punter we're fine with. But, hey, we all know what this is going to do. We all know this is going to come down to Josh Allen. And, of course, it's going to come down to whether the Bills can be not the Bills, which is devastating losses. But I got them third, and I ain't mad about it. All right. Man, something's in my nose. The second pick, my second best team, is a safety pick, right? It's the Green Bay Packers. Now, Dan, you ask, why is that a safety pick? I'll tell you why that's a safety pick. Because they play in a horrendous division. I mean, let's be honest. I almost put the Titans in here because they play in a horrendous division. Probably could put the Colts in here because they play in a horrendous division. I mean, let's be totally honest. The safe pick for saying your top five teams is Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers does not appear yet to have missed a step, although see my comments on Brady. And they play in a crap division. I mean, the Chicago Bears, I just had, uh, I'm going to try to get Tommy Waddle on later on this week. He was battling COVID. He knows more about the Bears than anybody on AM1000 in Chicago. Played for the Bears. He's all in tune. But I got to tell you, the Bears stink. The Lions stink. And the Vikings have the new best assistant general manager in football. So they st- they're going to have toughness. Ryan Grigson went over there. And so they're going to have real toughness. Toughness went out the building with the Colts when Ryan Grigson left. Now there's going to be toughness with the Vikings. So I worry about them. But let's be honest. You got two, four, six games against horse bleep teams. Probably go 6-0 and in the division again. And make no mistake, Aaron Rodgers does own the Bears. You can argue with me all you'd like, but that would be a bad argument. There's nothing to argue here. So I got the Buccaneers, probably should have the Cincinnati Bengals, but Tom Brady dictates that. I got the Chiefs fourth, probably should have them first, because betting against the Chiefs is just stupid. Like, you can bet against the Chiefs in the middle of November, but betting against the Chiefs in the playoffs, good luck to you. Hell, I know people that when they were, what, down 28-3 to or whatever it was against the Bills a few years ago, man, they loaded up live betting and won a fortune. I like the Chiefs. Andy Reid's, in my opinion, not your opinion, Andy Reid has revived his career. All right? Then the third team, the Bills. Everybody loves the Bills. A lot of people saying they got two things going for them. They're the number one team with the number one quarterback. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think they're good. I think they're very good. 
It pains me not to put the Ravens on this list along with the Bengals. Why? Because I think the Ravens are one of those teams that always drafts to what they are. I think Lamar Jackson, this whole contract thing, is going to be out of the way. And I think Lamar Jackson is one of the best, I think, quarterbacks in the league. He's an Ambien player, which means I cannot fall asleep without Ambien when I have to play against Lamar Jackson. Period. I don't have the Colts on there. Contrary to what local media in Indianapolis wants and says, I don't have the Colts in there. I hope the Colts are a top five team. It makes my show much better. But I, yeah, come on, let's, let's be honest. Let, let, you know, got no left tackle. All right, the number one team in the NFL, in my world, is still, ladies and gentlemen, Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Raiders. Oh, man, they, they lost Von Miller. Oh, man, you don't know nothing. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. All right. Here's what I see. All right. Now, I don't like Matt Stafford anymore. I did like Matt Stafford. I did. I always felt bad for Matt Stafford. But that video of Matt Stafford letting that girl fall, I don't like Matt Stafford anymore. I mean, who the hell are you? Seriously. Why can Matt Stafford watch a woman, even though it's a media person, fall, look at his wife, and go, hey, you get her? That's not, like, that's subhuman. That is not human. That is below humanity. (laughs) Hey, that's why you watch this show. Anyway, that's below. So his wife a wonderful woman by all accounts, Uh, I don't know, she decides that she's going to help the media person up. Get over here. Come here. Come here. And we like Matt Stafford. I don't even think he's good in commercials. I really dislike that about Matt Stafford. I'm not going to lie. I was really, come here. I was really disappointed. I was. I was really, I'm going to let you out in a minute. i got to finish the segment here. Come here. Get up here. For whatever the reason, this dog has decided to lose its collective mind. Say hello, Lula. Hello, Lula. Anyway, I'm not even a dog person. I think they smell. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, baby. And then what we're supposed to do, okay, baby. All right, baby. Anyway, you like Matt Stafford? Oh, hell no, I don't like Matt Stafford. But I used to. Anyway, when I look at the Rams, I see this. I see a team that's connected through a coach that everybody, including my buddy Rick Venturi, considers a savant. I got to get Venturi on here. I do. Oh, I got to get Venturi because you'll love Venturi. Venturi will take you through every team, every situation, everything going There should be barking here in a minute. I like the Rams. I think the Rams and their coaching staff are the most, excuse me, connected in the league. I don't think Cooper Cup, if you think about this, the most important position non-quarterback offensively is wide receiver. I haven't heard one word out of Cooper Cup. Zero. Nada. None. Not a word, not a peep, 
Not a nothing. And Cooper Cup is the best. Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford, not close. We haven't heard a word. I haven't heard about contracts. I haven't heard any whining. I haven't seen a divaness. Maybe I've missed it. I'm not going to pretend and say that I've watched every move of Cooper Cup. But I will tell you this. I will tell you that Cooper Cup, to me, is the most valuable player non-quarterback in the league. And Cooper Cup, to me, might be that valuable because he's that good. He's that good. And yet, he doesn't yap. You're hearing yapping. You're hearing Lula. He doesn't Lula. He just balls. That's big. Now, now, let's be honest. The running game needs to improve. All right, hey, look, I'm with you on that. And I know a lot of you are saying, well, Dockage, people never repeat. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I don't. And I'm not saying that they're going to repeat. Because as you know, and I know, there is so much that happens. Let's say Matt Stafford falls off the stage like that woman did. Let's say that Matt Stafford gets hurt. I'm just telling you, who I think right now is the best team in the league. And I think it's the Los Angeles Rams. I think they made a great pickup, not a good pickup. I think they made a great pickup in Kyron Williams as a running back. I love Kyron Williams. I have no idea if he's fast enough for the NFL or good enough for the NFL. You know what I see in Kyron Williams, the running back from Notre Dame? I see a dude that just knows how to play football. They picked the guard first. Was this the Colts? But they did it with the 40th pick. A third round. Wait, 40th pick in the third round? What are you doing? And he's a big, thick ankle guy from Wisconsin, which means he'll start. They picked the guy, a cornerback from South Carolina State. They didn't do much in the draft. But mark my words. Kyron Williams, David Bell. Those two guys, those two are going to be difference makers when it comes to, we got to redraft the draft. When all those little slaps say, we've got to redraft the draft, you know what's going to happen? Kyron Williams of the Rams, Cam Akers is fine, but it's not like Cam Akers is any big difference maker. Kyron Williams is going to be one of the guys that people say would be drafted in the first round. Maybe not the first, but you get my point. And David Bell of the Browns is another guy that's going to be like, well, how the hell did this guy fall to 90th? And people are going to be looking around for answers. Well, I got the answers right here. David Bell's a stud, and Kyron Williams is a stud. S-T-U-D. A friend of mine in the NFL just sent me this. He watches. No tougher or more resolute program in sports than the Ravens. I know. I know. Look, I'm dying to pick them. I'm telling you, East Coast office, I'm dying to pick the Ravens all the time. I never, ever bet against the Ravens. When the Ravens play the Steelers, I watch. It's my favorite rivalry in professional sports. They don't get cute on draft day. They win under any circumstance, and anything soft doesn't set foot in their building. 
That's why Chris Ballard will never be the general manager of the Ravens. Because Chris Ballard, our beloved Chris Ballard, worries about relationships until the relationship goes bad and then him and Jimmy Ursay talk about that person, i.e. Carson Wentz. Let me ask you a question. Sean Salisbury got an itch. Sean Salisbury was on my show uh, yesterday. Sean's one of the great analysts of professional football that there is. Hosts a fantastic show in Houston on 790 in the mornings. Or I'd have him on every day. But he made the point. See, Jimmy Ursay and Chris Ballard have been critical, even up to last week on a podcast. I think with Colin Cowherd, Chris Ballard was critical at Carson Wentz. Let me ask you a question. Sean said this, and I agree. What if the player, Carson Wentz, had criticized the owner and the general manager? It would be a totally different narrative. Now, it's not, a, it's not nothing. It isn't a damn thing. Nothing. Zero. Zip. Nothing. Nothing. It's amazing to me. Grown-ass men who talk about relationships ad nauseum. Ad nauseum they talk about relationships. Oh, man. Toughness walked out of the building with Ryan Grigson. So Jimmy Ursay re-corrected, re, uh, over-re-corrected with the softest group in the world. That's not the Ravens. That's not the Steelers. That's why those groups usually win. And I kind of starting to think that the Los Angeles Rams are that. That's why the most highly, what's right, the most coveted NFL honor at this time of year is the don't at me number one NFL team post-draft. In fact, I think I'm going to send a paper mache to Sean McVay. That rhymes, actually. Paper mache to Sean McVay to congratulate him on being the post-draft. Now, I reserve all rights to change this. We will have another one on a Tuesday right before the NFL training camp that will be the pre-training camp. NFL top five. Next Tuesday, I might give you the five worst teams in the NFL. I don't know. But let's recap, all right? Simple. Bucks, only because of Brady. That's all. Chiefs should be lower, meaning higher, whatever it is. Should be two or one, but I didn't put them there. Number three, excuse me, yeah, number three, the Bills. I'm okay with the Bills, obviously, or I wouldn't have put them third. But I don't, I'm not crowning anybody. I ain't crowning Josh Allen not just yet. He's terrific. He's big. He's strong. He runs. But is he going to get hurt? See, when the Colts had Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck never got hurt in the pocket. But he couldn't wait to run. And he never understood sliding for whatever the reason. And what happened? He got hurt. Everybody blamed, you know, the general manager. But hell, anybody that knows understands he's got to learn to slide. Can't play bully ball. And that's what luck did. I hope Josh Allen learns the same thing. Look, Packers are going to be fine. Packers playing the worst division. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is great. By the end of the year, half the teams that have quit come into Lambeau. They get their brains beat out because they don't want to play in the cold. And Rodgers is still going. Their record will be first or second in the NFL. And right now, I think the Rams, because I think they're a connected group. 
I think they really, really, really have talent. They're willing to do anything midseason to get more talent. They have a win-now persona, not like my beloved Colts, which has a 10-year plan. A 10-year plan. Who the hell has a 10-year? We're in year six. Not one home playoff game. One win in the playoff. Haven't made the playoffs in two years. Can't beat the Jacksonville Jaguars or on the road, by the way. Oh, my God. Or, or can't beat the Las Vegas Raiders at home. And the star linebacker says, yeah, I don't love football. But you're not allowed to criticize the star linebacker because at one point in his life, the star linebacker said he had mental health issues. Hell, I got mental health issues and people criticize me every day. And I talk about my mental health issues. I talk about having depression when I lost and I was coached. I don't get it. I don't get it. <sighs> this is a great show. Is this a great? I mean, let's just take a moment to understand how damn good this show is. Yeah, you got dogs. You got opinions, you got politics. I got some guy, some little promoter in India, Amp Harris. Stick to sports. Shut up. Go promote something. Dumbasses. Anyway, all right. Three, I was going to give you my phone number. I like this a moment. Uh, I'm a big fan of this. I'm a big fan of guys doing stuff. And I am a big fan of Draymond Green and his wife Hazel committing $100,000 to honor his friend, Adrian Payne's name. Adrian Payne got murdered in Orlando. Man. Now, I know what people say. How do you put yourself in a position to get murdered? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I have not seen the answers to that. I'm sorry. I have not seen the answers to that. But man, that was a good dude. I, I look, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. What I knew of him, Adrian Payne was a really good dude. I actually coached him when he was like a freshman out of Dayton at uh, Indiana's basketball camp. We had a league camp, and I had the opportunity to coach him. He was fantastic. Anyway, sad, but I love what Draymond Green is doing. All right, we come back. Trey Wallace is going to join us. The NIL got guardrails. Those of you, like, guardrails. We'll talk to Trey. He wrote a great article on it next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If you want to know what's really happening, this is the man right here, Trey Wallace. All right, let's get right to it. Trey, the NIL, it wasn't revised. This was just guidelines, was it not? Why did the NCAA... And Gene Smith and his board decide they had to put uh, guidelines on the NIL. I think, good morning, Dan, but I think it goes back to, to what happened last summer, last July. You know, when the NCAA first put out these vague guidelines of what they expected out of NIL, 
Um, I, I think I don't want to call it a gotcha moment that they were trying to do, but you can't tell me that the NCAA didn't realize that, OK, they're going to use this as inducements. They're going to use this as a recruiting tool to get players on campus. Like it's not just for the kids that are already on a roster. I think these guidelines that they put out pretty much just say what they've said for the previous year, which is boosters can't be involved in some of the in some of these activities, most of them. Uh, with potential student athletes, Dan, and you can't you can't pay them. But here, like, here's the thing: if you're going to throw these boosters out of the way, and you're going to say these collectives that are there right now that some of them are actually booster entities, you're going to get a lot of those handshake deals that we've seen for the last thirty years, dating back to SMU. We're going to see that these transactions happen when the players step foot on campus. So. You can try, and we haven't even gotten to them going back and investigating folks, but if, if what I'm getting at is here, if you look at an overall picture with guidelines and how they've set this up, they've said, hey, boosters, stay out of the way. Okay, nothing's new out of that. And I think also these collectives too, when it comes down to it, the money that's being raised and, and where it's going, yes, there are going to be some figures out there they're going to go after. But I think right now, when it comes down to it, you're not really doing anything. You're covering your ass for something you messed up on eight months ago. John Ruiz was very public, you know, with his $400,000 a year for two years in a car to Nigel Pack. Um, That was an inducement. Will John Ruiz, will Miami be investigated for this? Because he seems to be, uh, Trey, he seems to be the poster child for this, No. John Ruiz is somebody that is saying, hey, come try to get me if you want to. That's what he's doing. Um, I, you know. Yeah. And is it in an inducement? Yes. Okay. But they're going to, here's where it's going to be clearly defined in that. Did he sign with that John Ruiz's company Life Wallet after he had signed his papers with Miami? Or did they have conversations beforehand and had a deal worked out, which is, Yes, they probably did. Let's be honest with each other here. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what they're looking at. But they're also, you know, those are the type of cases. Here, here's what I've always said. If you've got some big type of NIL deal, why are, you, why are you putting it out there? Don't put it out there on social media for lawyers to be able to come after you or to be able to look at you just for anything or be able to question you for something like that. You know, Dan, that's why I didn't understand why the uh the 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 $8 million football player you know that is supposedly a future Tennessee quarterback why put that type of contract out there you know i know you're trying to get self pub and whatnot i don't even know what kind of self pub you can get but now it might come back to to bite you because you might have to answer a few questions not saying you're going to get in trouble but you might have to answer a few questions so this is all very intriguing to see where it goes from here because pretty much what you're saying now, the NCAA is, you can't be involved in anything that our recruiting department does. You can't be involved in these collectives that are raising money uh, to for NIL deals. And you have to go back to the old model of where when a kid steps on campus, he can get a cookie deal or he can get a local grocery store deal or whatnot. I, it's not it's not gonna work. And if they try, Dan, I promise you there I talked to five lawyers yesterday who are ready for whenever the NCAA tries to say maybe this player is not eligible, 
or maybe they might do something to a university, they're ready to pounce, and they will because they have the ammunition for it. You know, it, all right, to that point, I saw a quote by Gene Smith, who's on, I think he's running the committee that came out with this stuff, the Ohio State Athletic Director, and he was very pointed. He said, look, I understand we're going to get sued. I understand there's going to be lawsuits, and that's just what's going to happen. It did not, for the first time ever in my time watching this, and I feel like I've been watching it for a long time back when I was coaching and the different rules, first time I've seen an NCAA official in which Gene Smith is in this case actually say, we know we're being sued, but we don't care. Bring it. I, first time ever, Trey. It, it is wild. It, it is wild for them to have, I'll just say, that much moxie about what they're about to go through yeah. over the next couple months, maybe a couple years. Um, but it also kind of points out to me in my eyes that they know they screwed up last July when they put these vague guidelines out there. So now that they're trying to come back, and then also let's point out, they're, try, they're, they're also saying we're going to retroactively go after and look at some of these events. Not all of them, but we're going to look at the ones that stand out. It's like, wait a minute. Have we seen how many NIL deals have gone on in the last year? So, okay, go ahead and look back at those all you want. That's fine. But the lawyers are saying if you try to come back and you're trying to hammer my client for something that state laws have passed, like the NCAA said, hey, we're going to put out these guidelines, and then whenever the state of Tennessee or whatever the state of Indianapolis says, that's what they can go off of. If they try to tinker with that, Dan, there's going to be some antitrust lawsuits that I don't know if we're going to work out for the NCAA. And they can be as broad and badass as they want to. But in the end, you're going to be tied up in litigation. You're going to make yourself look even worse. Also, when you're looking for a new president. So good luck. I want to get to something. You mentioned the collectives. Um, I was under the impression, and this is just me being stupid, I was under the impression that collectives were being gathered to help current student athletes. I'm going to give you an example. In Indiana here, there is a group called the Hoosier Hysterics. It's two guys out of L.A., monster Indiana basketball fans. They have publicized basically a GoFundMe the HH Hoosier Hysterics NIL uh, Fund, where 100% of the money goes to athletes. Now, Indiana, at least the way I've looked at this so far, has paid like Trace Jackson Davis, who's a basketball player. He was Mr. Basketball. Everybody knew him in the state. He's been there for three years. Now, however, is that type of collective illegal by these new guidelines or is it only illegal if it gets found to have paid one of the five-star kids coming to Indiana before they got to Indiana? Okay, so second point, yes. If you're paying a student athlete before they got there and they signed a, uh, any kind of contract before they got to the school, that would be looked at as an inducement. You know, maybe the kid could have probably ended up, look, I'm going to Indiana anyways, whatever. I'm going to sign this piece of paper. I can lock down with the company. Here's where it gets interesting. When we're talking about collectives, um, if the two former Indian, the two Indiana guys that talked about it, that are raising the money, if they are boosters of the program, meaning if they put down a donation 
towards season tickets, if they put down a donation towards the athletic department, you are considered a booster. And under those guidelines, boosters are not allowed to run and have collectives. So it draws a thin line. It's like, okay, who's, and, and it also goes back, how many years ago did you so, donate? Yeah, go ahead. Well, so in the real world, Trey, who the hell is supposed to give money to kids? In, in, the, in, in the legitimate NIL world, can a booster then give money to a kid that's already there? Yeah, I mean, who's going to stop them? We've been, and if we're talking about legally, you can do it through legally. You can you can do it through these deals that they have set up. Okay, I'll give you the, I'll give you an example here in Knoxville, and this goes on across the, the country. Here in Knoxville, they had a deal where a defensive back was a representative for a, a big time cookie company here in town. Okay, if he got an interception, everybody got two free cookies. What it did was everybody would go redeem their cookies, okay, but then they'd buy more at the same time. So you're seeing an investment. That's the return on investment, just getting them into the store. That's what I'm talking about with some of these deals. Like we have a gas station here, you know, that, that is now sponsoring one of the star baseball players on, on Tennessee squad. That's how they're looking at some of these deals right now and not talking about, hey, why is this uh, 17-year-old kid on private jets and going to universities and, you know, wh why is he making over a couple hundred thousand dollars? Or they look at the Texas kid the other day, the running back, and, you know, he, he's, he's making a crap load of money, but he's also, be, you know, he represents Lamborghini now. Like, on the front end, it, some of these look a little, little weird. And that's what the NCAA is going to look at as well. So you're right down the road from them, Dan. I mean, you can, they don't have enough people on staff to handle all this. We've got basketball cases still going on. So I think a lot of this is a farce. And I think a lot of this is the NCAA just saying, hey, we want to put this statement out there to make things a little bit more clear, but we're really not going to do a damn thing about it. That's what I'm, that's like, I'm sitting there going, all right, I know coaches that have gone out after being in home visits and immediately calling a car dealer to see if that car dealer can get them something. I, you know, I it can help them. So that's a booster, I assume. I mean, anybody, that's what I'm saying. It. So why did the NCAA, I, I, I'm going to tell you my theory, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I think that the world turned upside down when John Ruiz publicly did this with Nigel Pack. Next thing you know, coaches are flooding places saying, this is crap, you can't. And I think the NCAA just totally said, all right, we got to put something out to save face here. And I think it was just because of Nigel Pack that kind of opened up the thing publicly. I I could be dead wrong, Trey, but that's what it felt like to me or feels like to me. I'm going to give you two trigger points where I think things went crazy. The first one was the $8 million quarterback that the, that the athletic decided to talk about continuously and continuously and continuously, who I like, by the way, whatever. The second one, Nigel Pack, Miami. Because once you put that on social media, once you start 
uh, let's just say propping yourself up for getting a kid this type of deal. But then, by the way, I've got a bunch of deals with the Miami players, and I also give money to the university. You are the clear definition. I don't care if you run a business or not. You're the clear definition of what a booster is. And when you sent that tweet out, he sent out rabbit ears in the NCAA, and they're like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, this is going too far. I think you're right on with that one, Dan. I, you know, it's because I think it smacked people in the face. You know, and look, there are different, you know, Chicago is not a college town or not a college media, right? It's all professional. Here in Indy, we're a college media. Birmingham, Knoxville, college medias. Gainesville, college medias. And I think when towns like ours, Bloomington, West Lafayette, Notre Dame, when I think towns like ours saw that, like, we're like, what in the hell, right? Because let's be honest, Trey, you know more about the NIL than 99.9% of the people. So you know what's happening, but it's what once it gets thrown into the face of us, that's when I think the NCAA living right here in Indianapolis had to say, screw this, we got to do something to cover our ass. It's like when it's like in previous years where 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 teams get caught cheating. You know, when these rules weren't out there, they were paying players under the table, but then they gloat about it on the recruiting trail. You don't think somebody's you don't think another school's gonna go turn you in for gloating on the recruiting trail about paying a kid, you know, two hundred thousand dollars to come play at your school under the table? It's the same thing. Look, you can handle this the right way. But you don't have to smack everybody in the face along the way to make your company look good. And by trying to make your company look good, which John Ruiz did, he can like it or not. He can go on social media and say, it wasn't me. Everything's all legit. You did set off a ticking time bomb that was just waiting after that other deal. And now we're sitting here at this point right now where the NCAA is mad. And they're not going to be able to do much about it. But... They're at least mad, and that's not a good thing for people that are uh, might have some shady NIL deals out there. And don't you agree? Like, look, I, I get it that there is a difference between – here's how I would look at it as a coach, but I would be paranoid, all right? I saw what happened in basketball when the Southern District of New York got involved in cheating. I would think if I'm looking, I call it looking beyond my nose. If I'm looking beyond my nose and I'm basically thumbing my nose at, at the NCAA, one of the things in the back of my brain would be, man, what if two years from now, it ain't the NCAA that comes knocking on my door. It's guys in FBI windbreakers. That would scare the living nuts out of me. I think it's scaring enough coaches right now where they're hesitant to get even involved in this NIL stuff. If you look around the country, and, and, and I'm not going to point out a specific school because maybe that might give it away, but if you look around the country at some of the big-time schools right now and you see who the players they're getting involved with, um, you can kind of point out which schools are kind of dealing with NIL, which schools aren't. So, you know, I – there's reason why some of these coaches are walking away. There's reason why some of these coaches want to get to the NBA. Um, it's the same way with the NFL and college football. You know, they don't want to deal with it anymore. So it, it, it is wild out there, and you're going to see more co – and, Dan, you're the basketball guy here. In my opinion, 
if this keeps up over the next two years, you're going to see a lot more college basketball coaches decide, hey, I'm done. I'm going to move on. I only had five or six years left in me anyways. Let me go do something else. Oh, look, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, guys wanting to get to the NBA like nothing before. Like, you know, I've always said this. John Beeline, I know it didn't work out with the Cavs, but John Beeline really smart. John Beeline sees ahead. John Beeline is one of those guys. He, he, was, he came up as a school teacher. He always thought of himself as a school teacher, but he always had the next job in mind. He was smart enough to see ahead. So he goes to the NBA and it doesn't work with the Cavs. But Trey, to your point, when he went to the NBA and people were saying, well, why is he going to the NBA? My thought was uh, John Beeline knows what's coming in college basketball. And a lot of, a lot of guys that I talked to, Trey, to your point, we're really, 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 really hoping John Beeline would be successful because, as you know, more college, a college guy goes into the NBA, he's successful. What is the NBA? Copycat league. So now you want more because they're trying like hell to get out of this mess. Oh, man. It's Trey, crazy you know, the same thing with college football, I bet. <clears throat> yeah, it is the same thing with college football. In, in following college basketball – Ever since it popped off with that FBI investigation, and ever since, you know, what, five, six years ago, since that's gone on, and now you want to add name, image, and likeness into college athletics as well? These coaches are scared to death to do anything when it comes to paying players to get them on campus. They would rather do it the right way uh, and develop kids rather than go pay 500000 600000 for a five-star point guard per year when you know he's only going to be there for six months. It's, it's a tipping point time right now in college athletics, especially college basketball with the FBI that's been up their rear end for the last five, six years as well. All right, what do you think ultimately happens with Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff winner from Pittsburgh? Now they're talking about, well, it may not be USC because he's working out with Bryce Young, but he's in California. What ultimately happens with this? Because it doesn't look like Pittsburgh's going to be the be the school. No, it it it, it doesn't. It, it, it you know I, I'm not going to act like I have a, a magic eight ball here, but I would think Alabama. After talking with some folks, Alabama, USC, uh, Texas, right there in the running. Uh, for Jordan Addison, and he doesn't have to make a decision. You know, it's coming up on time where he's got to enroll uh, for for summer session, but he can all. You know, there's also drop ad dates and whatnot, so you know it could he can take a couple more days to figure this out. And yeah, he was working out with Bryce Young uh, out in California, um, and, and and we'll kind of see where that goes. It would be adding you know just more riches to what Alabama Hardy has right now if they did, but um, I don't know if the, the tampering stuff, Pat Narduzzi was pretty pissed off at Lincoln Riley. And when, and when Pat Narduzzi calls you and gives you a, a, a chewing, uh, you take that in. And, and maybe that tripped out USC a little bit when it came to tampering. Who knows? But I, I think at the end of the day, the young man's going to go play for an offense. It's going to catapult him to top five, top 10 draft pick next year. And, uh, that's going to be, in my opinion, either USC, Alabama, or potentially Texas. We'll see if a surprise team comes along in the next hey, couple of days. Hey, Trey, if I were just to say to you, you're a coach, 
and you're explaining to me the NIL rules, what would your explanation be? If you were a coach, okay. I, you are I, the, I, you're I, the coach. You're the coach. NIL, to me, NIL would be, hey, kid, when you get on campus and you see how many people are in this town and how many businesses that are ran by former UT employees are, uh, and I'm just going to use Tennessee as an example since I'm here in Knoxville. If you, if you see how many alumni, how much alumni uh, uh, congregation they have in Neyland Stadium, look around 100,000 people. Now think about how many people those are business owners that would love for you to be on, you know, their social media ads or, you know, a part of their football camps or a part of what they're doing when it comes to building their brand overall. Let's come for a meet and greet. That's how you're going to make money here. You're going to make money off how much you can broaden your social media approach, get yourself out there in the community, but also what you do on the field. And I know it's hard for a lot of players to get on the field. There's only 22 spots, okay? That's it, offense and defense, 22 spots, and then you got a depth chart. But there are ways for these local businesses to take care of you, for you to make over six figures per year, um, and, and I think you know, when it plays out ultimately overall going forward, you're going to come to college, you're going to make six figures, and then you're going to go off to the NFL. And you know what? If you make, you know, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000, you take it and you go with it. But that's what NIL to me is right now. It's, it's, it's more about getting the players on campus and knowing that they're going to be able to build their growth by how good that they play or their social media outreach compared to not knowing if this 17 year old kid that we just signed to a fat contract, what if he gets on campus and he's bad and he's not any good and you've wasted money on this. You can't go back and say, Oh, well we didn't mean to, or this contract is now vol. I'm sorry. No, because what you're admitting to is that you paid for him to come play for you. There's a huge difference here. They have to realize that, Dan, that you can't say, okay, it didn't work out because you're admitting that you paid for him to come play. So a lot of these deals, I would just say, be careful. Um, make sure you have the right attorney. Um, I have a great buddy of mine, Pete Schoenthal. He runs a company called Athliance, and he handles this NIL stuff. He has software that handles this thing. And talking with him, the biggest thing going forward is, how you represent yourself, the right people that you get involved in, and, and also pay your damn taxes. Because if not, you're going to be spending that NIL money on taxes later on in the year. Hey, they didn't get Capone for murder. They got Capone for taxes. <laughs> so always pay your damn taxes. Hey, hey, can we put up, hey, Dylan, can we put up that, uh, that high school validation chart? I don't know if Trey can see this. But I, I saw this yesterday. This basically talks about – can you see that, Trey? I can. You're good. What does that mean? His social – so if we're look, – let's look at Arch Manning first. That number right there represents his social media clout or his social media reach, okay? His name that's out there. How far does he reach, okay? Does um, – does a uh, a high school coach in 
the middle of Oklahoma know about this kid? Well, absolutely. Does a business know about this kid? Okay, yes. Look at his last name, Manning. That's easy. If you're a Manning, your evaluation, your the, the value of yourself, if you're very, very good, is going to go up just by that last name alone. Let's add on to the fact that, you know, who your father is and, and, and who your uncles are, you're in that family. So that is an evaluation of what they think that they're worth right now at this moment. Meaning, okay, if we got this kid on campus, what would he be worth to himself when it comes to apparel deals, uh, when it comes to local deals with companies and marketing agencies? This is what he would be worth right now. That's why they're putting that figure out there. A lot of it goes into what you do on social media, how many followers you have, how big your reach is, um, and, and, and how good of a player you are too. I mean, that's, that's a big one as well. So that's why you're seeing that huge number for Arch Manning right there um, is just because of how much of a moneymaker that kid will be once he steps foot on a campus in Athens or Tuscaloosa or you know Austin, Texas, who knows? Uh, but that's what that's for. So it, this, this basically says these are the top 10 high school kids in terms of their worth to so, the social media. Is that why it's Arch kinda, Manning got himself on Twitter? I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You got to rise up the price. It's like an evaluation of company that, that, that's about to put out an IPO. That's uh, exactly what it is. You're, you're evaluating the company. So you're eva- the company is that player. You're evaluating Nico. You're evaluating uh, Arch Manning. And the money figures are, for, are through the roof, and, uh, and as they should be. Because that kid, Arch Manning will bring so much money to whatever school he goes to, Dan, through jersey sales, ticket sales, autograph signings, you name it. Him being on campus for, for three years, that $3 million, that's nothing compared to what that school will make off the back of him. You know what's interesting? It's interesting that a kid now in football, particularly in the South, has a bigger uh, following or a bigger reach, as you're using the best word, reach, than most guys playing college basketball that play for one year and head to the NBA. Like, if is everybody knew Zion Williamson, and maybe everybody knows Paulo Banchero, but not a whole lot of people knew John Morant. I would argue that the best football players coming out of high school right now have a bigger reach than the vast, vast majority of college basketball one and duns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with that. And I also think, too, that you're getting more life out of the football player for them to grow their worth on the campus and and then also have notoriety on that campus and within that community. If you're only, you know, let, let's just, uh, just whatever you're, you're a college basketball player that's on campus for seven months. Okay. Compared to a kid that's there for two years, like you, you'll see compare the difference between Oscar Shibway at Kentucky this coming up year compared to maybe what those kids, you know, two, three years ago in the kind of, reach they were getting or, or how big they had gotten. And I'm just using it as Kentucky just because that fan base is absolutely nuts for their basketball players. And, that, and that's not a bad thing, but we're talking about overall reach here, um, social media wise and, and nationally. I think 
it powders the football just because of the time on campus. And I think that's the easiest way to put it. If you're on TV for three years, you know, and you're showing out on college football compared to six months in college basketball, I think it's pretty easy to see which one's going to have a bigger social media following or outreach in the community. There's no doubt about it. No, there really isn't. Trey, that's great stuff, man. Great article at OutKick. You can read Trey at OutKick.com. You see him on our show. You see him on 360 Clay's show because he's great at what he does. And uh, thanks, Trey. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Dan, have a great week, buddy. I appreciate you. That was a fun conversation right there, man. I love talking to smart people. I do. I like talking to smart people. I do. And Trey is very, very smart. Speaking of smart people, let's talk about stupidity. It's one of my favorite segments coming up. It's Today in Stupidity. There's actually a big name in there. Brett Favre is in there. Uh, I've got all kind of stuff. Axios. All right. Let's see what's going on here. Today in Stupidity when we come back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. This is one of my favorite segments because every day we get so much stupidity in this world. And I think it should be celebrated. I do. I think our stupidity, not necessarily the violent stuff, should be celebrated, but it should be at least discussed. And in the sports world, it is absolutely no different. I mean, stupidity reigns in the world of sports. Let's start with the great Earl Thomas. Now, Earl Thomas was 33 years old. Earl Thomas was all pro player uh, for the beloved Seattle Seahawks. Earl Thomas has had, start back on April 27th, Earl Thomas had a warrant issued, third-degree felony, court records cited by the Austin American statesman. All right? Here's what Earl did. The Earl um, decided he violated a protective order. Don't ever get a protective order where your kids and your wife, your girlfriend has to be scared. Try Try to go through life without a protective order. All right, that's a little life advice from Double D. Uh, apparently, Thomas violated the protective order. He started sending threatening messages beginning in mid-April. Uh, he allegedly said, Thomas did, that he had obtained two handguns. He said, you in the car with him and the kids and y'all drive off the road. That's what he said he hoped. The next day, he said he would let my mama and my cousins poison their kids' ass. All right. Now, this is the beauty of the, well, this is the beauty of the NFL. He did all this a couple days before he sent Adam Schefter a a text asking for help where Adam Schefter put out that Earl Thomas wants to play NFL football. And that that investigative little scrappy uh, Adam Schefter didn't even bother to look into anything Earl Thomas. So Earl Thomas in this week in stupidity absolutely glorious. I mean, it is glorious that the Earl is so, no, it's not glorious. It's sad, actually. Let me retract all that. It's not, you know what? It's glorious that Adam Schefter, I got sidetracked there. It's glorious that Adam Schefter didn't even pay attention and just put it out. That's the media part of it. But it's absolutely asinine that Earl Thomas would threaten his kids and his girlfriend. It's just ridiculous. I mean, Schefter, being Schefter, it's just who he is and all that. 
But what are we doing? Why are we threatening our our own children? Hey, look, I get it. Women, men, the arguments have been going on forever. Women to men, men for women. I get it. But why do we involve our children? That's just, it makes me sick. If you want to know the truth, I get, I get, did get sidetracked there. It's no surprise, and it is freaking ridiculous that Schefter just puts this out. But hey, what are you going to do? All right, this is even, well, it's not more ridiculous, but what are we doing here? You know, we've heard so many different cases of welfare fraud, right? We've heard so many different cases of, what is that, PPE or whatever the hell, the federal government. The, I've been following this a little bit. The Mississippi Department of Human Services sues Brett Favre and others over welfare misspending. All right. Three, Brett Favre, listen to this, three, and three former professional wrestlers, several other people and businessmen are being sued by the Mississippi Department of Human Services on Monday. They are trying to recover, the state is, millions of misspent welfare dollars that were intended to help the poorest people in Mississippi. They squandered, these idiots did, more than $20 million in money from the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families Anti-Poverty Program. This suit was filed after a mother and son who ran a nonprofit group and an education company in Mississippi pled guilty to state criminal charges tied to overspending. Nancy New and her son Zachary New agreed to testify against others in what the state auditor Shad White has called Mississippi's largest public corruption case in nearly two decades. In early 2020, all right, uh, Nancy New, Zachary New, former Mississippi Department of Human Services Executive Director John Davis and three other people were charged with uh, what prosecutors say was welfare money had been misspent on items such as drug rehab in Malibu, California, for former pro wrestler Brett DiBiase. Now, you guys know the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. I assume that's his son. Yeah. Also, Ted DiBiase and his his brother, Ted, Teddy DiBiase, are also defendants in this. So the million-dollar man is a Christian evangelist and motivational speaker. He is the heart of David Ministries. He received $1.7 million. Listen to this. The million-dollar man in, fed, in welfare grant money and, you know, spending on other stuff. Why the, the uh, person with the state is demanding repayment of $77 million, including $1.1 million of Brett Effing Favre. Brett Effing Favre. Uh, was paid for speeches, but he didn't show up. Favre repaid that money, but said, and I remember this in October, that Favre still owed $228,000 in interest. He repaid $500,000. He did not know the money came from welfare funds. All right. Okay. Favre also said his charity has provided millions of dollars to poor children in Mississippi and Wisconsin. That's fine. He was supposed to pay this money back. He did not. He hosted a provocative stock sale presentation at his home, attended by all these clowns. And they had an agreement to spend substantial welfare grant money in this provocative and later in something called pre-sold. Just scumbags. Isn't Brett Favre, I don't know, 
another guy that's always in these things? You know, whether it's the picks to that, uh, that one lady, Jen Sturger, who's a very nice woman, by the way. She was in studio with me on my show. That was prior to the penis pictures that Brett Favre decided he needed to send, oh, by the way, as a married man. Long story short, this is a long article. DiBiase's kid, Brett, pled guilty to one count of a false statement. He agreed to pay 48 grand in restitution. So here's Brett Favre and these clowns. Anytime you want, anytime Brett Favre or a professional wrestler calls you about a business deal, let me give you a piece of advice. Let me go back to Nancy Reagan. Just say no. All right? Can we do that? Just say no. Uh, there is a group called Axios, who their thing is, we're going to give you honest talk written by people, not bots. A-X-I-O-S. They say that there is no physical evidence, you can see it right here, that trans men have advantages over, tra over women in sports. Leah Thomas, a man that is transitioning to a woman, has no physical advantage. I I'm going to say is this. Like, I'm no biologist, but I do know what a woman is. Here's what Leah Thomas did. And I don't know if this is proof or not. Are you going to have to decide? The March 2022 National NCAA Championship was Thomas's last swimming event. According to Swimming World, by the conclusion of Thomas's swimming career at the University of Penn in 2022, her rank had moved from 65th on the men's team to first on the women's team in the 500-yard freestyle, 554th on the men's team to 5th in the women's team in the 200-yard freestyle, according to the swimming data website, Swim Cloud. Now, I don't know about you, but there is a hell of a difference from 554th as a swimmer, which takes, I don't know, endurance and toughness and strength to fifth. Now, that may not be physical evidence. And I guess physical is what you have to put in here. All right? But that certainly is evidential. There is a bit of evidence here that at least in this particular case of Leah Thomas, she, he, uh, he to she became much, 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 much better. 554th as a man to 5th as a woman in the 200-yard freestyle. Chew on that for a minute. That's a lot. Uh, 65th to 1st among women in the 500-yard freestyle, which is a long race. Like, there's no... Look, we're going to have transgender folks. We had one playing softball at Yale. We've got a couple swimming. Leah Thomas, the most famous... Don't insult us. 
Like, you know, people already insulted us by saying, well, I don't know what a woman is. Okay. Don't insult us. Don't make us into being idiots, axios, by saying this. That's just stupid. It's just stupid. I mean, I'm sorry, but hey, dog, come here. That's, get over here. That just dumb. See, here's the problem. I'm all hooked up here. And if I could spin the camera around, I would show you taking Lula out. This will be the last time you see Lula. Come here. Come here. Come here. This will be the last time you see Lula on my show. From this point on, Lula is going to be either outside on the front porch, outside running around among hawks and all the various critters that are out there. That's what she's barking at. She wants a piece of something out there because her last name is Bickford slash Dockage. Get over here. <laughs> I got that kind of toughness with my D-O-double-G, you see. That's right. That's right, people. Don't at me. But anyway, can we not insult Double Dizzle? Just say, hey, look, there are certain advantages. If you want to become, hey, do it. If you don't, then do it. I, I, you know what? I'm at the point where, you know, do whatever you want to do, man. I'm at the point where I'm just not paying attention. I know I'm supposed to. I know we're all supposed to. I know the world, and we'll talk about this tomorrow in my, uh, in my What the Hell Wednesday segment. But I got to tell you, I've had about enough. I'm ready. Hey, do whatever you'd like. Hey, we got, listen to this. We've got the, uh, what's her name? The woman that is in charge of the entire state or city of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, saying it's a call to arms against the Supreme Court. Now look, I'm no genius here. I'm no wizard. But I know this. A call to arms is threatening language in a city where people shoot each other just because. So I don't understand how we're just allowing that to happen. Well, I do understand. I do. I do. Um, last thing, and this isn't stupidity. This isn't stupidity at all. I want to go back to Adrian Payne. Look, in my world, Adrian Payne was a good dude. In my world, I am so tired, and this is where it's such dangerous language for that idiot Lori Lightfoot to come out and talk about a call to arms. It is so freaking stupid. And it's also idiotic when people tell guy like me to stick to sports. Why? So we can have idiots like Lori Lightfoot? No, ain't happening. And I'm also so freaking sick and tired of young people killed over stupidity. Like, I don't know what happened with Adrian Payne. I don't want, I don't know why he got murdered. But I know this. I guarantee it was over something stupid. I'm sorry, but that's the way this world works. We get in arguments, we get after things, and then next thing you know, somebody gets killed. I don't know what Adrian Payne did or didn't do, but I know this. In his core, Adrian Payne was a good dude. Adrian Payne, what I saw, oh, man, look up. All you got to do is Google Adrian Payne Lacey. There was a little girl at Michigan State. Adrian Payne took basically this little girl 
named Lacey and made her his own. Here's the deal with it. Adrian Payne was a star player at Michigan State. Lacey was a Michigan State fan. Lacey had cancer. Lacey, then, it was known to Adrian how much uh, Lacey liked Adrian. Lacey said, I liked him because of his smile. Adrian Payne had a great smile. So instead of just being another guy who just says stuff, Adrian Payne went out and brought Lacey everywhere he went, including on the uh, ladder when he was cutting down nets for a national, or um, I'm sorry, to go to the final four. I don't think he ever won a national championship. Now I know he didn't. But anyway, and then Dick Vitale celebrated them all. He did at his gala. That is a good heart, and this was real. This wasn't one of those made-for-TV kind of deals. Adrian and Lacey were known. I sat next to Lacey's mom and dad at a game. I was doing the game. They sat right there, and this was real. This wasn't some kind of BS, uh, you know, I'm a good guy when the camera's on. No, uh uh-uh, no. This was a real relationship with a guy and a little girl that was truly special. And my heart breaks for his family. Lacey passed away. Lacey died. Adrian spoke. That makes Adrian a legend to me. I'm sorry, it just does. I know that I'm sure, you know, whatever happened, happened. Whatever, you know, I don't know. But I know this, I think that the level of ease with which we kill each other is completely out of hand. The level which we have such a disregard for life is totally, completely, ridiculously out of hand. We shoot people and don't even think anything about it. We talk on social media as a mayor about a call to arms because of something that might possibly could happen to the LGT, whatever that, you know, all the numbers are, names, initials, whatever are. And I'm not downplaying any of it. I just think we have a responsibility as a society, as people that are supposedly, supposedly our leaders, not to be so flippant and callous with call to arms against others, particularly when you're running a city where you walk down the street and people aren't afraid to shoot one another in your city and you haven't done jack shit about it. Shouldn't swear. But it does blank me off. It really does. Haven't done a thing about it, Lori Lightfoot. Here's a picture. Here's a picture I'm talking about right here. I should have had the guy. That's little Lacey. Breaks your heart. Breaks my heart. Drives me nuts. Drives me absolutely nuts that we just shoot each other. So then what happens? We talk about it for a day, and then we got idiot politicians talking about tear up a sit, whatever. Call the arms because, well, something might happen to my LGTQ, whatever community it is. I haven't seen one thing. 
Uh, I haven't seen one single thing from Biden or anybody in his office decrying a Molotov cocktail thrown at a freaking Wisconsin pro-life building. We had a Molotov cocktail, true story, thrown at my house. Started our house on fire. We were very, very lucky that the idiot, a guy named John Durchill, that threw it, didn't throw it through our window of our garage and blow up our cars. We're very lucky. When I see Molotov cocktail, I 1,000% understand the damage that a Molotov cocktail. But have you seen anywhere Biden and his people saying anything decry decrying this violence? Have you seen this, whatever the hell her name is, Jen Paskey, decrying the fact that we have people out in front of uh, Supreme Court justices' houses trying to intimidate them over something that was purposefully leaked? I'm telling you, you Republicans, that if you think, if you think that this is going to be easy, you are out of your mind, these midterms, because the people you're going up against are freaking devilish, they have no soul, and they'll do anything, and you best be on your best. I mean, I have not seen one single thing by this administration, Biden's administration, decrying anything. I haven't seen one single thing out of anybody, anybody in Biden's administration taking Lori Lightfoot to task because everybody's scared. Lori Lightfoot is an African-American woman in a powerful position that's gay. That's like the person you most don't want to go after. But Lori Lightfoot has shown herself to be a complete idiot who has no business running a city, has no business saying what she just said, trying to threaten people, none, zero, zip. Zero. John Cass is a great announcer. Failed Democratic mayor. This is a Chicago liberal reporter. Failed Democratic uh, mayor of crime-ridden Chicago, a formal federal prosecutor who decries gun violence, now calls for war against the Supreme Court for doing its job, has at Chicago mayor lost her mind. This is, the, this is what John Cass is responding to. To my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. So it hasn't even happened. They haven't even gone after anybody. This moment has to be a call to arms. We will not surrender our rights without a fight, our fight to victory. A call to arms. You're either too stupid to know what is going on in your city, or you are an incredibly dangerous person, period. Make whatever, whatever you want to make out of it, because you are, I'm not afraid to criticize. Hell, I wish the market would go up and then you'd really hear me. But I'm just telling you right now, either too stupid, not self-aware enough to have any understanding of how her saying that in that city how dumb that is, or you're just simply a dangerous person. I would say both, or C, both. Man, the people, elections matter, people. 
I don't give a damn if you elect a Republican, a Democrat. I could care less. I am neither. I am simply common sense. But elections freaking matter. And if you don't think they matter, then you're an idiot. Because then you get people like Lori Lightfoot. Man, oh man. You know how I always say it's always one person, it's always the same people, this idiot, it's always her. Always. I'm prepared for whatever you want to call me, but I ain't wrong. I mean, any person that isn't living in the gladiator era can see that a call to arms is threatening language from somebody that lives in a city with the highest gun crime rate in the country. Maybe they're second. Hell, I don't know. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I'm frankly, I'm tired of it. You know what? I'm just tired of it. I love the fact, let me take the show full circle. I love, don't like, love the fact that those guys at Best Buy got in a stance. And the little piece of, you know what, chicken blank, uh, looters, man, they thought they were just going to grab some phones and get out. Nope. We got to make it a sport. Hey, look, I'm working at Athleta. I'm hiring the biggest, baddest there is. We see somebody looting, we close the front door. And we have at it. Look it up on YouTube. Now yous can't leave. Now yous can't leave. Bronx tail. Bikers come into town. They're going to tear it up the town. The mob's, uh, the mob's town. Sonny walks in. They insult Sonny. He looks like he's leaving. He goes to the front door. They make fun of him. Next thing you know, click. He locks the door, turns to him. Now you can't leave. In comes the fellas from the back. And they beat the living you-know-what out of the bikers. That's what I'm advocating for. You want to come in and loot? Best Buy video. Go to NFL Mems. We had it on here earlier. That's right. So freaking tired of the lowest form of person among us getting away because we're scared. The lowest form is those guys in the Best Buy. We're just going to rip people off. You know who pays for that? We do. Prices go up. We actually already do. Every business in the world adds in costs of stolen items, whether it's vendor theft or idiot theft. So we're already paying for this. So let's step the hell up. But businesses, put a little something in front. Put a metal detector. I don't want to get stabbed. Stabbing is personal. I don't want to get shot either. But stabbing is far more personal than getting shot. I, you know, somebody can shoot me from way the hell over here. Somebody stabs me, they got me. I'm tired of it. And I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn who's mad, glad, angry, or sad at me. If little Amp Harris tells me I got to stick to sports, ain't happening. Not on don't at me, baby. Feel free to at me. At Dan Dockage. Let me know what you think. A new sport. Kick the living hell out of looter. Sport. We'll be the Sharks and the Jets. All right. Have a great evening. Thank you, guys. Dylan, Ryan, Davey, great stuff. 
Ryan actually snuck into the quarries at Bloomington and didn't get arrested. It's a solid move. You can check this act out coming up at noon to 3 at 107.5 The Fan in Indianapolis. Dockage, he's out.